In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. One unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin, an avid reader, sometimes writer, and reality TV buff. And I'm Amy. I am a writer and reader as well. And this is episode number two, Girls Gone Wild. This week, we're looking at stories of women gone crazy. They're women labeled hysterical, nuts, too freaking emotional. What? All the things we're not supposed to do. The women in these stories do. That's right. We had so much fun last week with first, but I have to say this week really feels like we're digging, we're digging in. We're digging it. We're digging, digging in. in. Yes. I had a hard time narrowing down the choices to two. I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which tells me that this is a well-written theme. It is. Yes. Yes. Uh, I settled right, right into the crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a big jump for us let's be honest no no, no. i live there it's yeah. home yes. yeah yeah so this, this felt I right wear it proudly it felt yeah. good yes yeah. yes uh-huh. it felt very good yeah 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 in fact it was kind of making me think about times that i've felt crazy what yeah it, you know and when you feel crazy but you don't you don't want to label yourself that definitely not because mm-hmm. there's plenty of people out there ready to label you for you yeah and they yeah. want to label me for the things that i'm like no that's normal i know that's normal you're the crazy one <laughs> you don't know crazy. my actual crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'm showing you a very yeah. edited version this of myself edited. this is crazy to you yeah. okay well then we're we're, we're probably not going to be friends definitely just be honest yes yeah. so amy yes tell me, is there a job that you could never do and keep your sanity Oof. and not go crazy? Well, I don't think it's possible to not go crazy. Like we said, I think there's crazy inherent mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. us too, mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as just wi- women and, you know, the things that we have to deal with. Yeah. But to bring it back to your question, um, I think that because <laughs> I started on a rant, <laughs> I think that um, two things. One, I could never be a doctor and have like the responsibility of someone's oh. well-being on me, yeah. I think I would, um, I would, I would buckle under that pressure, <laughs> straight up, just <laughs> crumple and not be able to do anything. But then, in the other, on the other hand, I couldn't do a newsroom or something like that either because I need to like know what my day looks like. Oh. I don't like surprises in okay. my day. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to organize. I have a little bit of that in my job sometimes, where people come to me with random needs. I'm like, I, I can't. You're going to have to give me some time. 
Let me think through this. Let me process this. Let me and process I'll get back this to you. And then okay. I'll get back to you. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, <laughs> customer service rep on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I feel confident that it would start great. Yeah. I I am somewhat of a people pleaser, so I would be all about it. I'd mm-hmm. be great in training. Yeah. Out of the gate, first week, top of the board. Yeah. Second week. I'm seeing a crack hard. Ooh, yeah. I'm what would seeing, that crack look like? I'm thinking like the third time someone yelled at me, uh-huh. it's just going to get real dark. Mm. I'm probably flipping my desk. Ooh. I'm yelling. Yikes. They're probably recording it and using it in future training. Yeah. Like this is not how you respond to people. Are you getting escorted out of the building with security? You know, I'd like to say that'd be like third week type behavior, okay. but escalation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think escalation. So if yeah. you make it past the second week, mm-hmm. you might get escorted out by the security. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I just don't think I could do that. Yeah. I did. One, I don't really like talking on the phone no. a lot. Yeah. So that's problem number one with the job and the sanity issue. And two, I just, people, I think, especially to customer service reps, feel very comfortable just unloading. And yes. after a while, I'd be like, look, I don't, this isn't. You know, especially yeah. if they were calling into me, uh-huh. like you called me, I, <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I can't fix your problem over the fix phone. Fix your problems. Yeah. Did and you really me... think, has anyone ever called a customer service line and thought it was going to work out? I don't know why you did. It's a good point. It's all about yeah. expectations. Yeah. Like who really expects that to be yeah. a good experience? No one. No one. No one. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've established that, mm-hmm. like where that, that lies. Yeah, yeah. That one really jumps out to me as a problem. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, should we move on to yeah. our picks? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, I'm going to go first. Okay. Is that correct? Great. All right. Yeah. So everyone, my pick this week is a book called I Love Dick by Chris Krause. Oh. And this is published in 1997. Mm-hmm. First, let's marvel at the title. Because because yeah. in some ways, it's all you need to know. It is. You know? Um, the story is this. Chris Krause and her husband, they are characters in this book, I Love Dick. Uh, Chris is a filmmaker. She's nearing 40 years old. Uh, one night in 1994, uh, they meet Dick, who is this uh, cultural critic. He's like a academic. And the three of them splend- spend a, uh, a pleasant evening. Drinking, eating together. And the next day, Chris decides and declares to her husband that she is in love with Dick. Obviously. Yes. So then she starts writing Dick. She writes letters. She sends faxes. She writes journal entries. Um, her husband does it as well for a while in some sort of like weird, maybe this is a kinky kind of thing. Oh. Maybe it's just like him trying to get close to his wife again. Oh. It's a very interesting okay. dynamic. Supportive gone bad. Sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and to the point where they call him and tell him what they're doing. And he's like, I don't know how to respond to this um very accurate yes yes and and in in the process of all this she starts to see the the cracks in her life um she sees them in her marriage in her career um and kind of in her place in the world as a woman in general and so the 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 story continues there's some disastrous encounters with dick it is uh, amazing uh the letters turn into essays where she's sort of exploring herself her sexuality um this obsession she has um, and why I picked it this week, Chris is a start, a smart woman, right? She starts talking about what she wants, what she needs, what she feels. And sometimes that's all you need to brand a woman as crazy. She, yeah. Especially yeah. if she's in touch with her feelings. Uh-huh. That yeah. can go bad. And she is labeled the crazy one um, by the men in her circles in particular, um, her husband and uh, the, the the critics that he runs with, this very sort of elite crowd. Um, she also, she has an uncontrollable, irrational desire for dick, both big and letter mm. and small, letter mm-hmm. D. Okay. Wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, this is considered too much. You know, the men consider themselves as like the authority figures and, and Dick included. Um, and Chris starts seeing this. She starts pushing back and she's labeled hysterical. She's labeled, you know, all sorts of things. So it was perfect for this kind of uh, pick. In fact, at one point she acknowledges, quote, she's the crazy and cerebral girl, the kind of girl you and your entire generation vilified. She's talking to Dick, to her husband, to basically all the men mm-hmm. that have discounted her. Um, 
form-wise, it's this mashup of genres, right? Like I mentioned, there's faxes, there's letters, there's journal entries, there's essays, there's like oh, cool. this strange almost script between the two, uh, the married people. It's it's very, very interesting. She also jumps around in time. At one point, she's in Guatemala. Sometimes she's in New York. Sometimes they're outside New York. Um, it's it's very, very interesting. And reading experience, I, I've never read anything like this mm. in my life, to be honest. And it sparked this whole research project that I worked with worked on when I was in grad school. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. And I felt a lot of kinship with Chris. And maybe that's what you need to know about me. (laughs) (laughs) I asked the wrong question. Yes. (laughs) That was an admission I may regret. But um, and and maybe because I was sort of reading it around the same age, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and because I'd had some similar like inexplicable attractions, feelings, whatever. um, Maybe I just, you know, have a lot of situations where I've been discounted immediately because I'm a woman, you Mm. know. Because that mm-hmm. happens, Aaron. It does. Yeah. It does. Unfortunately, it yes. does. Um, and I think, uh, you know, women are often told to not put themselves first. And so it's a hard thing to learn to put yourself first. And that's something that she uh, tries to do throughout the book. Um, I, I'm sure for mothers, that's a near impossible task. Uh, she is a childless person and just like me. And But still, the world tells us we need to seed the floor. Mm. And so she's trying to find her own self, her own identity. Um, so the reading was fantastic, both for that content, for uh, the, the <laughs> just the the crazy things that occur within the book, um, and uh, yeah, it's a great read. One more thing I wanted to mention about the uh, that kind of shows what she's talking about um, when this book came out in the late uh, '90s, um, the response to it kind of showed uh, what how critics are exact are as sexist as she thinks they are um oh. the uh the response was all it was all sort of salacious like ooh, this is sort of based on her so who could this dick character be Ooh, let's put all the pieces together let's oh. make this a scandal and they didn't really pay attention to what she's actually writing the, the amazing uh writing that she does uh so yeah it kind of uh, proved her point in a way did you happen to watch the – was it an Amazon original? It was an Amazon. Yeah. And I did not because I'd been reading the book and I was like, there is no effing way this can be made into right. a show that really keeps the character of it. Right. Yeah. Did you yeah. see any of I it? I did. Okay, I did. The think? first few episodes, honestly, I didn't pick it up after that. And then my understanding is it didn't get renewed. It was an yeah. Amazon original of uh, adaptation of the book. Yes. Um, Kevin Bacon. Yes. Catherine Mann. Catherine Hahn. Hahn. And yeah. I'm all in for them. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, that you're right. It encapsulated really the character. I think it tended visually to rely more on the hysterical element of it so maybe you didn't get a lot of that the feeling of where that actually comes from right i think was probably a little bit what was lacking but but that's also saying that i only watched the first three episodes so okay yeah i have to be upfront with that that it's not a complete review That's okay. Yeah. But I still I, – I can still see like that seems like a major disconnect if they're sort of, you know, amping up this hysterical nature and not mm-hmm. quite digging in as she does mm-hmm. to what that actually means. Yeah. Um, which is too bad. Yeah. It could have been cool. It could have. And maybe yeah. they get there in later episodes. Maybe, I, they maybe it's a missed opportunity. I don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? So wow. that's me. I love it. I started off with a book called I Love Dick. <laughs> what do you got, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> so hard to follow that. <laughs> Mine's I love Dick too. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the sequel. sequel's better than the original. <laughs> uh, no, my pick is called Today Will Be Different uh, by Maria Semple. Oh, okay. Um, this is actually, I think, the third book that she released. I loved the other two as well. Um, I read her first novel, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And I really like her writing style. She does a really great job of intertwining humor with very serious, meaningful thoughts about life. And I really like it when authors can do that, put both on the page, and you're just as entertained by both or as interested in both. Um, her Where'd You Go, Bernadette was a it was a pretty big success. So, And then she released um, This One Is Mine, and Today Will Be Different, this okay. third one. So um, in this book, we meet Eleanor Flood, who is a very talented artist. Um, she's supposed to be writing writing her memoir. Uh, she lives in Seattle with her husband, Joe, who happens to be a hand surgeon for the Seattle Seahawks. A hand surgeon. Sur- okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, they have one son and a dog. And so from the outside, she, it looks like she has this great 
put together life. What could be wrong? You know, they have money. They live in a great house. She has all these things. Um, very enviable life, but really you figure out pretty quickly that she's deeply unhappy. Okay. Uh, she would prefer to move back to New York and there was kind of a deal between her and her husband that they were only going to live in Seattle for a period of time. So there it's coming to that end and she's really struggling mm-hmm. with how are they going to, you know, make that move happen. Um, she doesn't feel as connected or intelligent or like herself um, after giving birth, even though her son is is older now. She's still feeling like she lost some part of herself during that process. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she's She's got this void that she's filling with like yoga and she's taking poetry lessons oh, and boy. all of these things. She's trying to work on her marriage, but really what you're getting is that she just seems like a ball of anxiety quote unquote, a hot mess. Um, and then kind of because of that anxiety, all these faux pas that are happening socially for her, because she's not really addressing the issue in front of her. She's trying to mask it all the time. So she gets put in a lot of these really awkward situations <laughs> that are hilarious, but you <laughs> but know, painful, but painful yes. for her after the fact. So, and who can't relate to that? Yes. Right? So the whole book actually takes course over one day. And as the reader, you walk away with two feelings. One, there are times when you feel like Eleanor is yourself. I mean, you just, I think everybody can relate to having times where they don't feel together. They don't feel connected. They're missing something and they're not sure how to fix that. So loved that. And two, you walk away with the feeling that Eleanor, you know her so well, you feel like she has to be a real friend you have talked to every day on the phone. And the, the author does such a great job with the characterization that you just feel like you know her so well by the end of the novel and that you're really pulling for her to figure it out, you know, not just in the story aspect, but in life, you're like, come on, you know, I'm really rooting for you. So I think that the ability to create a character that speaks universally to the emptiness that we all feel and at the same time can make the main character's experience unique and page turning is why I will read anything that she publishes because I think it was incredibly well done. So I picked it <laughs> relating to crazy because uh, she's Eleanor floods an absolute mess to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is just considered to be absolutely nuts. But what I loved about it is when you really examine it, is she really that crazy mm-hmm. or is she just in tune with a feeling that other people don't really want to recognize or deal or with? Because or, yeah. yeah, if you do, if you take that step, then you kind of have to do something about it. Right. Yes. So it's easier to just say no. Um, she's also considered crazy because she doesn't follow a set path. You Mm -hmm. know, her path, there's a lot of other family elements that come out in the book, um, and some career elements that come out and she doesn't follow exactly what someone you would think someone would do. Mm -hmm. So, and I really think that this book specifically speaks to the way females are held to a standard to be everything and do everything perfectly. And there really is no in between. You're either totally together or hot mess running the crazy train definitely either or yeah you can't be a combo of both right which in reality the best and most interesting people in my life are a combo of both yes because or multiple things yeah Yeah, how could you be just one or the other yes that you're faking some part of your life if that's true so i think it it just speaks to a lot of the labeling that women receive and unfortunately sometimes you know by other women Mm -hmm. so i really liked it for this theme for that reason. And one of the reasons, um, I just love this book because it's funny. It's poignant. Um, that balance I think is a lot harder to achieve in writing than it yeah. appears. Well, and like you said, the, the, the feeling that she's, you know, someone that, you know, someone that yeah. you really, that's very hard to pull off. It is. And you know what? Give me a messy character labeled crazy any day. <laughs> <laughs> I want complex. Yeah. I want to get in the dirt with you. Like, (laughs) I don't want perfect. Not interested. No. I'm not interested in something turning out just the way everybody thinks it's going to. Absolutely not. I like unexpected. Yes. So, and I don't need necessarily everything to tie up with a nice ribbon. I don't necessarily need a happy ending. I just, I want to be able to apply something to my own life. Definitely. yeah, yeah. I, that's why I love it. I think it's great. Um, I think the book reads really quickly. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it takes place in the course of a day. So it's easily a book you could sit down, devour in one sitting. 
just as easily you could space it out. Um, the because it takes place in one day doesn't take away from you know the reading experience. I I will say that I read the book pretty quickly. Did you? But okay. I found that the themes or the ideas were sticking with me. The characters especially were sticking with me. So yeah, I feel like it's a great hit for anyone because who doesn't feel like some part of their life hasn't turned out like they planned definitely or anticipated yes yeah. and i think two things uh one you know especially when you get to um i don't want to say advanced age because that makes us feel like we're you know yeah easy. quite a bit <laughs> assisted living type advanced age. age nope advanced age i meant <laughs> what i meant was at a certain point in our lives i, I think we maybe yeah. this attracts us more because mm-hmm. we we've experienced that ourselves you know realizing like wait this this is it like mm-hmm. this is you know this is what we're supposed to be doing that doesn't uh it's not very attractive. Yeah, 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 that's true. I like. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you there. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and another question for you. So I think both of our books have what maybe some people call like unlikable uh, women. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not with yours as much. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about that idea of like? I find that books sometimes get uh, crap for you know, especially with women characters. Like, oh, she's just not likable. She's not relatable. Mm. Like, I. I yeah. yeah. And right there, I think, is the problem. I yes. think you said it yourself. Likeable and relatable are two different things mm-hmm. to me because I think it's a lie to say that I like every part of myself. So then, but I believe probably that the parts that I don't like are probably the most relatable to yes. other people because that's that's kind of the magic of us, right? We're multi-level, complex, and someone's going to relate to all different parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my husband, Mike, he relates to different things than my kids relate to or my friends relate to. And that's that's great. But I agree with you. I think a lot of times, especially with the label crazy, it's yes. easy to say, oh, I just don't like that person. Right. And crazy becomes almost a uh, another term for that. Like, uh, oh, you know, I, I don't agree with some of the things they've done. I can't relate to that. So they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that we mistake having to agree wholeheartedly 100% with someone in order to like them, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely the farthest thing from the truth. I like a lot of people that I don't agree with Mm -hmm. things that they do or say or their beliefs and my beliefs are different. And that's fine. Right. Yeah. You agree with everything I do and say though, right? 100%. Great. Yeah. No, I'll right back at you. Minus advanced age. But besides that... Fair enough. All Fair. in on Amy. 100%. Okay, great, great. Same yes. with Aaron. Yeah. I'm glad that we've established this. It's on an audio record, kind of like last yeah. week when you admitted you wanted to be a criminal mastermind. You know, oh, we're, we're setting, yeah. you know, audio yeah, I did sort of say that, didn't I? Things yeah. down. I stand yeah. by that, I though. stand by it as well. I would love to see that. I would love to do it. Yeah. Okay, and take this as no me. Like, this isn't a threat or anything, <laughs> just to be clear. And feel free and call Aaron crazy. It doesn't matter. She doesn't yeah. care. Oh, God. Yeah. I could get that. That's the nicest thing you could say, yes. probably. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm open to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. In fact, if you don't at some point, you probably haven't gotten the time to know me. True. So we should grab lunch, and by the end... You will be in on the criminal mastermind during... Slash crazy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. And to be fair, I don't... I think all I said last week was I wanted to break someone's legs. Which True. is like simple I took assault. It. Yes. I took it <laughs> or no, a little further. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a little, that might be my problem right there. I'm minimizing crimes. Maybe the first step is to understand where your crimes fit on the scale of felony, misdemeanor, all that oh, kind of stuff. That's probably a good you know, plan. And then we can just uh, make sure that we don't, you know, have to edit out our podcast with all the things you want right, to do right, and admit right. to. Yeah. Again, to be clear, not a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you call her crazy. Now you know and why this episode came with a disclaimer. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, Aaron, kind of related to what you were talking about and, and why, um, you know, the women are uh, vilified for not fitting into one or the other, uh, whatever that one or the other, whatever that dichotomy is. Um, my nonfiction pick this week is actually one you've read as well. Mm-hmm. We both have enjoyed this. Love um, it. This book is called Trainwreck by Sadie Doyle. And the full subtitle, because it's glorious, Amazing. is The Women We Love to Hate, Mock, and Fear, and Why. So good. Yes. This is, like I mentioned, a nonfiction book, and it looks at all the women – 
uh, or a lot of the women who have been labeled train wrecks. Um, and another, and we come to realize very quickly that's another word for crazy. It's another word for hysterical. For any other pejorative, really, you want to throw mm-hmm. at a woman. Um, Sadie Doyle does this because uh, we are pretty brutal to these women as a society. Um, And it also serves as a cautionary tale for other women. In fact, she says, quote, by zeroing in on the messiest and most badly behaved women and rejecting them, we make a statement about what makes a woman good. Her structure is awesome. She looks at really public cases um, and what they do wrong. And there's so many things we can do wrong as a woman. Um, She really lasers in on four different things. Uh, Sex, need, madness, and death. And in each one, she looks at a modern example, like your Britney Spears, your Miley Cyrus, your Lindsay Lohan. Um, And she dives back into history to look at historical examples of women who went off the rails when they were rejected, like Mary Wollstonecraft, Billie Holiday, Sylvia Plath. So good. Yes. And like she says in her quote, she really digs into what these women did wrong. And the answer is they were human. That's about it. Um, so why I picked it this week, um, if it's not clear by now, yeah. <laughs> by the title train wreck, <laughs> I loved it because she takes this idea of train wreck, right? And the women that we all know, we all admit are messes or hot messes. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's combusting in front of paparazzi, right? And, and the whole world. And she turns them back human. And that was some, uh, that was a real feat for me to witness it and to was. see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And she also questions, like, why do we earn that title anyway? Like, what is it we're actually doing that's so dang bad? Mm -hmm. Um, Why is it bad if a woman, you know, uh, expresses her sexuality? Why is it bad if she expresses that she needs things? Um, Why is it bad if, uh, you know, she admits or shows she doesn't have everything figured out, like the character in your book? Mm -hmm. Um, And the real feat of this book, like I said, is taking these sort of high-profile people and making them human again. Um, and these women are just doing their best mm-hmm. and they are coming up against all these stupid rules that they can never win against, especially under this like really crazy spotlight of fame. Didn't you feel like, I felt like for me, particularly that section mm-hmm. where they, you know, she was r- dissecting like the downfall of Britney Spears, yes. for example, which is a lot of people know it was very highly publicized. Yes. Um, I'm particularly thinking of the hair shaving incident yes. is the one that and continues the yes, yeah, yeah, all that. get referenced all uh-huh. that. The way that she breaks it down and backs it up has really changed the way I look at articles like that or things, you know, news bites, things that you see. It has really changed my focus. It absolutely has. I had the same experience, not just in in feeling sort of sympathy Mm -hmm. for these women that I had pretty much written off. And and I consider myself a feminist. I consider myself all these things. But I had done exactly what she mentions, you know, and and she says that it's something that we do as a society. Um, so it got me to sort of feel sympathy for that, but also kind of make me have a reckoning with myself. And I think we talked about this, Erin, when we were both reading it. Um, I I think I used to think that I was one, that I didn't want to ever be a a high maintenance kind of girl, you know? Right. Right. I wanted to be one of the cool girls. I didn't want to be needy. I didn't want to, you know, whatever. Right. And I would be just aghast at women who like made demands or like, you know, actually said what they freaking wanted, you mm-hmm. know? Um, Which really, isn't that just refreshing? No, yes. Come on. It is now yeah. because I, I realize like that is so flawed. That's just a, that's just buying into these rules, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least, you know, um, these train wrecks and any of us who are labeled crazy or hysterical or anything, we are living. And that's better than, you know, not living. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there, I think, ah, man, I correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will write in if I get this wrong. But <laughs> I think Kate Winslet has a quote very similar to that. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if crazy is not being able to live, then call me crazy because I exactly. want to experience everything. That's yes. the gist of the quote. That is not a direct quote. To right. Be clear. Yeah. Yes. And also, I want to point out, we do have an appearance by the podcat, and this may be our yeah, first appearance right? by the podcat. In case, in, case you've been you, hearing in case you've been hearing what sounds like maybe a baby crying, we are not ignoring <laughs> a child over in the corner. That's my cat who decides that, hey, guess what? Now's the time to really... <laughs> Make some noise. I'm going to ramp it up. Yes. Pretty much the whole time Amy was talking. Yes. <laughs> Even better, Aaron is allergic. And so oh, the yeah, cat, podcat, just goes straight to her. Like, hey, <laughs> that one right there, that's, that's the one not. I want to love me. 
<laughs> and I, I can't care. say no because <laughs> I just can't. So I have that's a downfall of mine. <laughs> um and yeah, I guess to to wrap up that uh, mm-hmm. discussion about that book, I, I think that what she says it, that really stuck with me most was in many ways just the act of being a woman is in, in all of our complexity is kind of transgressive. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, she says, even if we got everything right, being female is a flaw that we can never quite correct or live down. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. We won't really do it because it'd be really loud. It'd be but... really loud. In fact, we had that earlier <laughs> and we learned it was really loud. We're still yeah. recovering. Yeah. Yes. No, but yeah, definitely a mic drop quote right there. For sure. And, and by the way, the book is very, very readable. Yes. Very enjoyable in so many ways. I mean, there's some really dense stuff in there, but she does not write that way at all. No. It's, it's a, a really rewarding reading experience. I agree. I actually, for a, I tend to take a little longer sometimes with nonfiction, especially something like this, where yeah. you're kind of presenting some theories and backing it up with research. I tend to take my time through those. And this one, it read as quickly as a novel would, honestly, because mm-hmm. it's it so entertaining. It's things you can relate to. Um, and even if you're not a nonfiction reader or you're not big into that type of genre, you would still love this, I think. Mm-hmm. If you are at all in tune to social media, uh, the idea of paparazzi, celebrities, kind of the this persona that gets put out, you'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, of course, you are paparazzi and then we're kind of saying you suck. So And yeah. So. And I stand by that. Yeah, I stand by that too. I, yeah. You're probably not reading. You're just taking pictures. Exactly. Yeah. I just so generalize just... them all into one <laughs> bubble. <laughs> if we have a paparazzi out there listening to us, tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. Right in. And then change your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us wrong and then correct you. That's where we're at. Exactly. That's where I'm planting my flag. <laughs> the paparazzi. <laughs> well, my second pick, alternate genre pick, is actually a short story collection. It's called Difficult Women by... Yes. Uh, by and I believe we both read this as we well, have. right? Yes. yes. It's by Roxanne Gay, who... Um, Previously to this book, I had been more familiar with her nonfiction essay format. Um, And not to say, I think that this book came out even before some of those. I just happened upon those first. Um, So this was a departure for me with her. And she does just as wonderfully with this as she does her nonfiction essays. It's kind of first I want to back up and tell how it relates to the theme before Mm -hmm. I really get into the collection. I picked this book particularly Because when Amy and I discussed the theme for the episode, it struck me that a lot of women are labeled as hysterical crazy without any regard to the person as a whole. Absolutely. There's no thought process about where they came from, where these feelings might come from. You know, being hysterical is an actual feeling. Mm -hmm. That's an actual thing someone can have. But just dismissing that on its face is the same as dismissing someone because they're angry or mm-hmm. they're sad. So where does that feeling come from? Are there not situations where it's okay to be a little hysterical or crazy? So I feel like this book does a great job of experiencing a wide collection of females as a whole, not just this one particular action or this one particular moment. Clearly they're crazy. It's really, in my view, takes each of the characters and looks at their kind of whole life and says, what do you get? You know, now you, now you see this character as complex and having a lot more. Do you still call them difficult yeah, and crazy, crazy and or, Yes. Yeah. And I felt like you could see yourself in a lot of the stories, maybe not exactly the experiences, but you had that feeling of how hard it is to have a story, but never get to tell it fully. Yes. Never have everyone understand it fully. So to me, that's what it is. This collection has characters from all walks of life in varying, varying situations. Um, there's strippers who have to fight off overzealous customers to women in a suburb that form a fight club. So there's just a wide range. And I, you know, you might not directly relate to the exact experience, but man, the the characters you could in a lot of ways. I think I did, so mm-hmm. and I'm not ashamed to say that. I forgot about the Fight Club, and yeah. I want to pursue that idea. Just right? just putting it out there. Yeah. Since we've been talking criminality, okay. and yeah, yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. First, I mean, we're running a podcast, and the first rule of Fight Club is good point. Not to. Talk I've already about failed, Fight Club, but that, no, that's yeah. all right. Okay, we can make new bylaws. Great. Yeah. 
We can do our yeah. own. We don't no, have to do the Brad Pitt. I'm Edward sorry, Norton I even thing. put that on you. Good <laughs> lord, Aaron. Um, I would say that this book isn't particularly funny necessarily. I would really say it's more haunting than it is funny because if you're paying attention, it really kind of leaves you with the feeling that you never know someone fully and truly because we hide parts of ourselves to avoid being labeled crazy. Um, and it reminds you that often what we're ashamed of or trying to hide are sometimes the most beautiful and vulnerable parts of ourselves and the parts that we should be displaying, but that we're sure someone wouldn't accept. So we hide. Um, and I just, the whole book I loved, I really did. I took a lot of time to read it, um, which I do. We talked about that mm -hmm. before with short stories. I sometimes read one and then come wait a week and read another. Um, I read a couple at a time usually in this just because I would end the story and I loved want it. So more. I moved right. Yeah. Yeah. You'd want more. So the, uh, my favorite story in the book is the one titled Difficult Women, which is obviously where she got the title. And partially because the structure in this story is different from the other ones. It goes through a variety of common labels thrown around at women, loose women, frigid women, crazy women. And then it breaks down the characteristics of that woman by examining one woman thoroughly for each category. Love it. So, for example, the crazy woman category explains why a crazy woman is misunderstood. What a crazy woman talks about in therapy. What a crazy woman thinks about while walking down the street. What a crazy woman eats. Mm -hmm. And what happens when a crazy woman snaps. So the story itself was amusing, but the different structure and the creativity poured into each character. If you weren't going to read the whole book, I would say you need to read that story alone. Mm -hmm. So, Agreed. And her dedication feels like it's written to every female, which I believe it is. Her dedication in the front of the book says, for difficult women who should be celebrated for their very nature. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I love Roxanne Gay. And then yes. I hear that. I'm like, I, I love you more. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful, really. Side note, Amy and I had a chance to see her in person. We sure did. Well, <laughs> would you say that you did, Erin? <laughs> So Aaron and I went to see oh, Roxanne yeah. Gay in conversation with Amber Tamblin mm -hmm. and Jessica Hopper, a music yes. critic from uh, Chicago. And it was a wonderful conversation, uh, about an hour long. Eric, Aaron was feeling ill throughout <laughs> that hour, so missed a good portion. I did. I yeah. got very uh, intimate with the <laughs> Englert Theater bathroom. That's <laughs> what happened. And I how had, would you rate the Englert Theater bathroom? Uh, besides the heat pouring in, which when you're having like a, a vomitous episode yes. is the exact opposite of what you Definitely want. Definitely. Their heating system works great. It sure does. It pumps it out. Pumps it out. Yes. yes. Um, other than that, I would say it was very comfortable. I will say, and I think I told you this, but maybe not, we could hear the toilet flushing from the audience. Oh, you could? Yes. I never knew that. <laughs> At least once or twice. That toilet is powerful. So every once in a while, she's like, well, there's Erin. How's she doing? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is so simultaneously horrifying and hilarious. I'm glad I saved that revelation yeah. for our podcast. We've we've uh we've oh. made a we've lot of, got a lot of ground out of that evening. Yeah. So thank you Roxanne Gay for giving us mm -hmm. that evening in which it there was, was a whole glorious. ride back from oh, Iowa City. Oh yeah, and he had to <laughs> Wow, my head in a garbage bag, you yeah, just driving. Yeah. It was it was I mean, bonding. It was our friendship was built on that. Yeah. Well, I like to refer to it as Heaves Gate. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I like that as well. In fact, Aaron then gave me the gift of a car air freshener <laughs> after Heaves Gate and said, thank you. Because yeah. I was a little worried that we weren't going to be friends <laughs> after that. I mean, to be honest, that was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, mile by mile, mm -hmm. we made it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a moment where we were like, how are we going to do this? And then I was like, there's no choice but to soldier no on. No choice. No choice. Let me just turn the radio up and push down on the accelerator. Mm -hmm. Which is actually one of my favorite parts of it is that <laughs> you could tell Amy wasn't sure. Should I turn the radio up right now when she's throwing yep. up or be, is that she must? I, is it, is yeah. it being rude if I, you know, yeah. try to ignore the fact that she's vomiting in my car into a garbage bag? <laughs> That she then rolls up and places in another garbage bag <laughs> so that 
she could somehow preserve my car, which she did. I mean, <laughs> if you want anyone puking in your car, be sure to have it be Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I really... And also, just to be clear, this was not alcohol-related. No, This was nothing. No, this uh-uh. was just an illness. Yeah, yeah, it just came on me. I was perfectly fine you on were. the way there through dinner. It came on. It was like they hit the stage, and my body was like, I know you really want to see this. Yeah. But you're not going to. Right. Yeah. It was rough. But mm-hmm. at least I got to see it and share some of the things that I learned yes. over your vomiting. Yes. Yeah. And I I just tangentially, I was in the room with Roxanne Gay. So yes. while she was trying to do something public, somewhat of a performance, mm-hmm. I was trying to hinder her by flushing the t- Indeed. So Roxanne Gay, I'm glad that you, or I, I'm sure that you are glad that we are associating your name with Heavesgate. But do know that you brought us together. Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So, and again, her book, (laughs) Difficult Women, (laughs) to bring it back. (laughs) Transition. (laughs) Word of the day, transition. Uh, Was fantastic. Uh, Yes. Yes. Well, and on that note, yes, each each week we also, besides our fiction picks and our other genre picks, we want to do a little pick from elsewhere in the cultural world. Mm -hmm. Could be music, could be podcasts, could be movies, could be anything. Thing. Anything. And in fact, it can be so many things that this week I had a hard time <laughs> trying to choose from all of the options. Oh, I had a lot sure. of things in yeah. mind. Okay. Um, I thought about music. I thought about bands like Bikini Kill and Slater Kinney, um, Joan Jett, um, all the ladies who've been called crazy mm-hmm. in their times. I thought about podcasts, and there's going to be many that we recommend uh, throughout our tenure as a podcast. But I, I thought I would actually recommend a magazine this time around. Curveball. Yeah. And I'm showing the magazine right now oh, to Aaron. You can't see my face, but it's awesome. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with Bust Magazine, which Ooh. is the name of this magazine, the tagline is, for women with something to get off their chests. Wordplay. Oh, that's your theme today. It the is. Wordplay. Yeah. With, you know, you know, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bust has been around since the early 1990s or so, and mm. I've been a subscriber since about 2000. Um, and every, uh, I think the cadence right now is every two months. Okay. Uh, for a while it was quarterly, but you get a magazine that interviews some just amazing women in culture, uh, highlights some ways they're killing it, uh, digs into female-centered music, movies, books, offers sex tips and reading, and so much more. Wow. But why I chose it for this theme is actually a lot of reasons. Um, so many times a woman who in just who just insists on her right to breathe and live as a human being, as we've mentioned, can be labeled crazy. And this magazine dives into all the ways to be an independent, thoughtful, involved member of society and woman of today. Um, and also in each issue, there's often a deep dive into a situation where d- women were deemed crazy. Oh, um, recent issues looked at the actual Mother Jones, uh, a sort of take no shit woman in the early 1900s who pushed the labor movement forward. Um, Another explored how Tumblr sites are instructing teen girls in shoplifting as a way of rebellion. (laughs) Um, In the past, there's been pieces on witches, on the porn industry, everything you can imagine. Very cool. Yes. Um, Much has been made of the death of magazines and print. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's absolutely a struggle, especially with uh, magazines and literary journals and things like that. But Mm -hmm. Bust has survived. And I think maybe it's the reason that a lot of women feel the way I feel when I get an issue of Bust in my mailbox. Like, I am so excited to dive in every time Mm. because it feels like it's a magazine that actually gets me. Um, It challenges me. It makes me laugh. It inspires me in so many ways. In fact, I almost got a subscription for you for Christmas. Oh. And I didn't. So good story there. Thank you for thinking of me. (laughs) So I could have been a really nice person passing on the subscription, and I didn't. But you gave me a lovely gift of books, which... How could you go I wrong you with a that? Swear word coloring book, which so, I delight in every time. Yes. So, and then I got one for myself. Well, yeah, because it's it's quite fun. The gift that keeps giving. It is. I like to say yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So don't feel bad about that. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that you were. <laughs> 
Um, so my pick that relates to crazy this time is uh, a show, actually. It's a docu-series, and it is with Leah Remini, oh. and it's called Scientology and the Aftermath. Oh, boy. And if there is one lady who has been labeled publicly crazy by an entire institution... It is her. So she famously left Scientology some years ago and has since made it her mission to explain why she left and to also help other people leave if they so want by telling the stories of what's actually happening. And her goal, and she makes no bones about it, is to bring down Scientology. She wants to see it crumble. She thinks it's a farce, that it's being labeled a religion, it's getting tax breaks on that. Um, so she feels also because she is a celebrity and she has more means that she probably has a better opportunity to do this than a lot of other people that are in Scientology. Um, she's just not backing down. She's not scared. Uh, the Church of Scientology is adamant about their use of harassment. I mean, when somebody leaves, their life is just ruined for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, they really come at them, and they have done the exact same with her. They've tried to smear her in the press. Um, they've tried to harass her, members of her family. There have been um, extended members of her family that have you know, pushed away because they're still part of the church and they're forced to cut off all ties. Um, but the show itself really dives into, she'll do um, an interview with a family that maybe their child is still in Scientology or they left. Um, it's, it's a story about people. It's their actual experiences, th them being vulnerable, being willing to tell it in the hopes that somebody will see that and say, you know, that's not right. I want to help in some way as well. So now she's in this third season, I believe. And the third season is this one. She's kind of examining some other cults as well. But it really started with her wanting to do something about when she left, what that looked like and how she could help other people. Right. It's entertaining. It's shocking. It is terrifying in some ways. But she is the perfect person to host it and go through the experiences. She does the interviews. People obviously feel comfortable because they know that she experienced the same things. And she's got a great sense of humor. So she can lighten it up when it's time. Because mm -hmm. um, there's some very serious heavy topics in in it. But I really just it was just interesting even to know that something like that exists and how it operates in society, how it continues to gain momentum, power, money. All of that was fascinating. I really liked it, really enjoyed it, powered through. Um, it's put out by A&E, so you can get back episodes either on the, through their app, on the website. Um, but they're in the third season now, I believe. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think I need to try that. I watched the Going Clear documentary uh, yes. a few years ago, mm -hmm. and that was everything you described, terrifying, fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, I, I like the fact that she's making this, that she keeps bringing the attention to yes. it, keeps um, doing it in, a, in a, a seasonal format. Yeah. And I love how they keep trying to say she's so crazy. And every time her response is like, bring it, <laughs> don't care not stopping like she just doesn't ever show any i mean i'm sure in her private life she probably has For moments sure. that are awful but yes. she just on camera she's like cool yep saw it coming here i am wow not stopping i mean i imagine that there are meetings frequently at the church of scientology that are like what are what we, we gonna do? do this is not working about this crazy our girl. normal mode is not working right which is really comes back to how every woman gets labeled crazy, right? Exactly. Someone doesn't know how to handle it. Exactly. And here we are. Yeah. So I say more power to her. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on that theme, if it was a man doing this, the response would probably be much different. I'm sure Scientology would be equally at arms, but I imagine their their language, the way they act is so much different because she is a woman and she's mm -hmm. being labeled crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 They really hold nothing. And she actually, her um, autobiography, Troublemaker, mm -hmm. came out a few years ago too, right before the show aired, I believe, and I read and is also a great take on how she got out, things she saw, being labeled a troublemaker, which is often the word that they use, which sounds funny to me. Like she's three and she's told someone's right. Like you troublemaker. Yes. It's like something you hear at parent teacher conference, yeah. right? It's like a bit of a troublemaker. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think she likes that. Like take it a step further. I'm not a troublemaker. Like I'm gonna bring this mother down. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a couple things. I want to see like bookmarks with her quotes 
mm-hmm. on them. You know, the bring mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. the got it, do it. You know, yeah, yeah. all of that. Um, I, I imagine I have never um, dove into uh, GIFs specifically to Leah Rubini, but I imagine there's some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should probably look into we should that. Do that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay. All right. All right. Goals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Goals. Great. Yeah. So yeah, check that out. So I feel like that's it. I, I think it is. I think we covered a lot of ground. I do too. And, I think everyone yeah. wants to go get reading. Yes. Now that they finish episode two, Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild. Amazing. Yeah. Of the Broads and Books podcast. And you can look forward to another great episode dropping next Wednesday and every Wednesday on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Yes. And and don't fear. In the meantime, you can go to broadsandbooks.com and check out all the recommendations we made in this episode as well as a bonus pick. Bonus. Um, each episode will pick one extra pick that's only on our website. So you got to go there to see what, you know, what crazy lady is up as our bonus picks. Yes. And you can also check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to give us feedback and let us know items you might want to hear us talk about in future episodes. Or, Aaron, Uh oh, if you're the creative type, or (laughs) I'm sure we have some creative types out there. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a great idea for a future theme or an episode, uh, let us know that too. You can find links to all of those social media accounts and our email at broadsandbooks.com. We are excited to hear from you and excited to be back every week. Until next time, that's it for us. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.